Uh, We're talking about keeping it real. We're talking about keeping it real. So the question I need to ask you is this, are you for real? By the way, I need to ask myself that. Am I for real? Is my faith real? Jesus warned the church of Sardis that he had the name Christian, but they didn't have the lifestyle of Christian. Here's what he said in Revelation 3, 1 to the church of Sardis. Jesus said, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you're dead. They had the name Christian. Christian literally means this, one who belongs to Christ. They had the name, they were a Christ follower. He said, but you don't live it out. You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. And, and Jesus, Jesus did not ever want us to be Christians in name only. As a matter of fact, there's an old saying I love. If you were arrested for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? Uh, in other words, your life, the words you say, the way you act, the motives you show, uh, are those showing consistently that you and I are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, last Wednesday night, I, I had my friend Caleb Kaltenbach with me and we were talking about the idea of messy grace. By the way, if you weren't able to tune in with us, go back and watch that. Caleb brought incredible truth. But for those of you who weren't able to be on, the chat lit up when uh, Caleb brought up the fact that so many people have been hit, hurt by, they've been hurt by the church. And, and lots of people said they've been hurt by the church. They've been hurt by the church. Uh, Caleb, I know, was hurt by the church because I walked with him during that season. Uh, I've been hurt by the church. Uh, anybody else out there? Anybody else? If you have, put it in the chat. Go ahead and let us know. Because what we know is that it happens and it's real and it's painful. And by the way, it could be that it was actually real Christians who hurt you in a moment of weakness because Christians shouldn't do that. But it's also possible, it's also very possible that those were people who had the name Christian, but they were not really Christian. Uh, They had the name, they were alive, but they were dead. And that's why, by the way, I just kind of quick piece of advice Always keep your eyes on Jesus, who's truly for real, and, and, and follow him. And, and sometimes people aren't going to be their best, or sometimes they're actually going to be people who have the name, they're alive, but they're dead. And so Paul says in this passage that it's so important that we live this lifestyle. Why? Because we don't want to mess up the message. We don't want to mess up the message. And that's what we're going to get to in a minute in 2 Corinthians. Don't ever mess up the message. But, but that ought to bring a question to you. What's the message? What's the message? And please listen. What is the message that we don't want to mess up, that is so vital we live for, that we, we need to be willing to die for? Lots of Christians have died for this message. And that message is this. It starts out with you and I are sinners. Uh, by the way, don't miss that. I've sinned and you've sinned. That's why I don't cast stones at anybody else. That's why you shouldn't either. That's why we shouldn't judge other people too harshly. Because you know what? We all have sin. And how many sins does it take to be a sinner? One. But you and I have got a lot more than one. And some of you might say, well, I know I've sinned, but mine aren't that bad. Well, let me ask you a question. If, If I kill somebody, if I murder somebody, doesn't that make me a murderer? I think you'd say yes. But what if I said, but wait a minute, they were only five foot one. They were short. It's, it's not as big a deal. <laughs> okay, all the short people out there who don't like me saying that, I'm so, but anyway, isn't it true? It doesn't matter how tall someone is. If you commit murder, you commit murder. Would everybody agree with that? And here's the thing. When you've sinned, you've sinned. When you've sinned, you've sinned. 
And the Bible even says this, if you have ever hated someone in your heart, you're a murderer. So we're, all of us who've had even a moment of hatred that started to hold on, held that grudge, guess what? You've sinned, you've committed murder, God says. Whenever you lie, that makes you a liar. Anybody else lie out there? Let's, let's get honest about it. All of you who've lied, which is by the way, everybody, that makes you a liar. And, and the bottom line is we are people who've murdered in our hearts. We've lied. Uh, we've, we've done things that are selfish and cruel and mean. Anybody else let your temper go and hurt somebody else? And you know what? God sees every single one of those. And we're responsible for every one of those. So where does the message start? The message starts that you and I are sinners and we're separated from God because of sin. Our sins have caused a void between us and God. And the message goes on to say, but God loves you. God's never stopped loving you. And God wants the best for you. And he wants you to be your best. So what does the message say? The message we call the gospel message, the good news message is that Jesus Christ came and he, and he came on earth. He was in the form of God. He took on humanity. He became human so he could come and rescue us. So he could live a perfect life where he never sinned. He's the only one who never sinned. And that meant that he could die for our sins. And he did. And he died the cruelest death possible on a cross in agony. And his blood was shed. And when his blood was shed, then he became what the Bible calls, get ready for this word, a propitiation. What does that mean? It means he died for me and he died for you. And if I would accept what he's done for me and you would accept what he's done for you, then you could be forgiven of your sins. And you don't have to live in that anymore because not only does he want the best for you, he knows what's best for you. And he has a better life for you and I to live. And so the idea is that he would die for us and, and take away our sins, our guilt, our shame, and our hurt, and our pain. And, and then we could begin to commit our life to him. And when you say yes to his forgiveness, you also are saying yes to the life he has for you. And it, he then brings you into a relationship with God where God adopts you as his child and you become a child of God and the Holy Spirit, which is which God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's how he relates to us. God puts the Holy Spirit in you and I. And then we begin to live for God with a brand new life in every way possible. That's the message he gives to us. That's the message he wants for us. And this is the message is this is that God loves you and he wants the best for you and he wants to forgive you and call you into a new life. That's that message we don't want to mess up. And so we don't want God's grace to be in vain. So that's what Paul jumps into in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, where it says, and working together with him. Notice all of us who are believers, we're to work together with him, with Jesus. We also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now, now, what does that mean? It means that message I just told you is for you. It's God's grace. It's not based on what you've done or what you do. It's based on what Jesus did and you accept that. And he says, don't receive that in vain. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we had an opportunity to give away a trip to Hawaii. It was a all expense paid trip, airfare, uh, a car, food, hotel, everything in Hawaii. And, and a, a girl I know, she won that trip. And I remember I, I was talking to her and, and I said, are you excited? She said, yeah, I've never been to Hawaii. Well, guess what the bummer is? She never went. 
and the trip expired. She was given that trip in vain. Do you see what I'm saying? And I actually looked at her and said, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I just never got around to it. Hey guys, never got around to Hawaii. <laughs> you know, we even call it paradise. She never got around to going to paradise. Many people are taking the grace of God in vain. It's useless to you because you'll never ever accept it. You'll never jump into it. And Paul says, don't let this be in vain. Don't let this be in vain. And he goes, for he says, at the acceptable time, I listen to you. When you pray out to Jesus, it says, you know what? On that acceptable time, I listen to you. Right now, some of you need to know that you're a prayer away from the love of God, prayer away from life with God. And it says on the day of salvation, I helped you. Uh, By the way, you probably right now, if this is your day, and for some of you, it is either to give your life to Christ or to come back to Christ. You know what it says that you're not on your own. The Holy Spirit's going to come help you. God's going to help you. It may be a stirring in your heart. It may be just this feeling in your, your conscience. God's saying, come on, you can do this. I want you to do this. I love you too much to leave you out of this. And then it says, behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You guys, right now is the moment. And so I'm going to do something very different. We don't normally do it this way. So get ready. Some of you right now, this is your time. This is your moment. This is the, the, the acceptable time that the Lord listens to you and wants to help you. And he wants to. And we're so for you. I woke up this morning not knowing your name, but praying for you. Praying for you who are sitting there right now that this is the time you ought to give your life to Christ, either for the first time or to recommit. Uh, There are some of you, this is your moment. I think there's someone sitting out there right now and man, you woke up not feeling good because of what you did last night. Uh, You you probably are a little groggy and the Holy Spirit's gonna help you think. And this could be your moment to pray and give your life to Christ and not have to live in that anymore. The guilt, the shame of what you've done, uh, of how you've done this over and over, how you're ruining your life and hurting your family. And, and guess what? God loves you. Freedom is yours and it's a prayer away. And it says, God will listen to you and God will help you. Uh, there's some couples out there, not just one, more than one. Man, I've been praying for you today. Man, this being... Safer at home hasn't been safe for your home. It's not been good for your marriage. This is the time to pray this prayer. This is the moment. I'm about to lead that prayer, by the way. Normally we do it at the end. But if right now you're ready to say yes to the Lord, this is your moment to do it. There's a a, a person who's watching right now and you made some decisions financially you shouldn't have done. And at the time you did it, you knew it. And now it's all coming crashing down. You're not even sure how to tell your family. But you know what? The first step's to tell God and commit your life to God and he's gonna get you through it. There are some of you out there that you thought you had your future all set and now it's falling apart. This is your time. It's your time to call out to God. And he will listen to you and he'll help you. So if you've never said yes to God, this is the moment. I'm gonna ask you actually to pray a prayer with me where you can open your heart to the Lord. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would open up to me, I would come in to be with him. That's what he says. That's what he wants for you, to really be forgiven, to really let this be real. Come on, we're all sinners, but there is a difference. You can be a sinner saved by the grace of God. So I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. Some of you need to pray it to recommit your life. Uh, Some of you need to pray it to heal your marriage. Some of you need to pray it to find freedom. 
But right now we need to pray it. Today is the day of salvation. That's what it says. And God will listen to you and God will help you. Listen to me, please don't miss that. God will listen to you. God will help you. You matter to God. You're loved by God. He knows you by name. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows every tear you've shed. This is your time. This is your moment. Don't let it go by. And so it's so important right now, I want to stop. Right now, I want to pray this prayer. And then I'm going to ask you to do something because the Bible says that how do we come to God? We pray a private commitment and then we need to make it public. That's what the Bible teaches. So I'm going to ask all of you who pray this prayer with me to get out your phone or your tablet or your computer. We're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right now. And I want you to to pray this prayer with me. Then I want you to text amen to 69922. When you pray the prayer, something happens because God wants to listen to you. God wants to help you. And then when you do that text, you're going to feel something change. You're going to feel it go deeper. We're going to text you back and we're going to ask you to interact with us because you do matter. And so please do that. Don't hide out. Don't, don't not do the next step because we want you to be family and we want to help you grow and we want to get things to you to help this be real. But right now, is this your time? So let me pray for you. First, Father, I pray right now for anybody out there. This is the moment they need to to open their heart to you. Today is their day. This is their time. And Lord, I pray you're touching them and moving in their hearts and they're gonna say yes to you. And I pray they're gonna pray the prayer and they're gonna text in that amen and, and, and we're gonna begin to help them and walk with them on this journey of love and faith and joy and peace. And for those out there, you've stirred in my heart for some couples who need to say yes to you. I pray they will. Uh, for a, a, a woman who's out there right now who's uh, feeling so lonely, I pray she's gonna say yes to you. For a girl whose parents hurt her badly, I pray she's gonna say yes to you. For a young guy, Lord, who's uh, just got a lot lot of anger in him, I pray he's gonna say yes to you. So I pray right now that'll happen. I pray right now they're gonna open their hearts. I'm gonna lead that prayer. This is the day of salvation. God will listen. God will help you. But I'm gonna ask you to pray it with me. You can pray it alone. Uh, you can grab hands with somebody else, but grab your phone, whatever. Let's pray this prayer together and just do this right now, either to commit or recommit your life to Christ or find freedom. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything that would hold me back or hold me down. But most of all, say most of all, I pray you'd make me yours. I pray you'd make me alive and I pray you'd make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And if that's all you can say, just say that. Say, I say yes. I say yes. Right now, just say it. I say yes. Yes to you and yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, praise God. Today's your day. This is your moment. He loves you. 
and make sure you text amen in so we could get with you and, and help you. But, and for those of you who've already done that, praise God. Man, we're just celebrating with you right now. But, but, but if, even if you didn't pray the prayer and you're thinking, I should have done it, then text amen. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. But don't miss what it says. Uh, let's go back to that 2 Corinthians 6 verse. It says that God will listen to you and God will help you. God will listen to you and God will help you. And so you can know how real that is and how true that is. Um, I uh, one time uh, took a graduate statistics class. Uh, the professor was brilliant. He was from Korea. Man, this guy knew his stuff. And, and this, uh, this incredibly brilliant man shared something with us. He said that for the final, for our final in statistics, which by the way, statistics is a tough class. He said for our final in statistics, he goes, we're allowed to bring in an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and whatever we can fit on it front and back, we can use that on our final. So we're all, you know, kind of strategizing and thinking. And then he goes, I've got to tell you what happened. And, and he said, according to him, it was a true story. Uh, when he was taking statistics in Korea, what happened is that professor there said the same thing. Whatever you can fit on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, you can have to help you on the final. And he said, so another guy who was taking statistics with them comes walking into the class for the final. He takes the eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, holds it up, sets it down. And a guy who wasn't in the class, not even one day before that, stood on it. And their professor said, what's this? And he goes, oh, this is my friend. And uh, he has his graduate degree in statistics and he fits on the 11, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. He's going to help me. <laughs> okay, is that cool or what? By the way, he said his true story. And so he said his friend stood there, leaned over and began to help him, began to help him. And so here's what I want to tell you is that in that moment, man, he probably got the best grade he'd ever get because he had somebody who knew more than he did guiding him through something that was very difficult. Let me say this, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit helps you. And so when it says that God helps you, God helps you. And so we want to be a part of that. And what does God do? God helps us not mess up the message. Uh, and so by the way, all of you, a bunch of you just have already said amen to God right now. Amen. And if you haven't done that, text it in because we care. But God, God says, I'm not leaving you hanging. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you. Jesus knows more than I do, more than you do. And so now you're not on your own living your life. So look what it says here uh, as we go into 2 Corinthians 6, 3 to 5. Paul says, this message is so incredible that I don't want to mess it up. And he's telling you and I not to mess it up. And it says, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. We don't want to be a part of hurting people. And too many times the church has hurt people and, and we don't want that. And it says that no one will find fault with our ministry. Uh, by the way, all of us, if you're a Christian, you have a ministry, a service. That's what that means. And he said, so we live in such a way so that we don't mess this up. And then he goes this, and everything we do. So all the followers of Christ, listen. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. Did you grab that? He said, we want to live in such a way that, that nobody gets messed up by how we live. 
Uh, we want to live in such a way that everything we do uh, shows that we have a love for Christ. So uh, the Bible even talks about in the way you eat and drink, you show a love for Christ. In, in the way you do your job, you show a love for Christ. Uh, yeah, in the way you, you love your wife or love your husband or love your family, you show a love for Christ. And so in everything we do, we want to do that. We want to show a love for Jesus because remember our love for Jesus motivates us. It motivates us. Uh, and so in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, it says this, for the love of Christ controls us. Uh, Sawyer preached on it, man. Sawyer did a great job. Sawyer preached on this last week. The love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all of us. By the way, that's why you want to give your life to Jesus. That's why that matters so much. He died for all so that they would no longer live, no, so they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. So when I come in my life to Christ now, I'm living differently and I'm living in a higher calling and a connection with God in an amazing way. And so that's what the Lord wants for you. And that's what the Lord wants for me. And that love of Christ controls us. So Paul said, in everything we do, uh, by the way, did you catch the ending of that other verse I showed you? He said, we endure hardships. Why? Because people are watching us in that moment. Uh, we need to uh, understand we might experience calamities every day. That's what's going on in most of our lives right now. He said, but people are watching. Do we have a higher calling and a, a, a better way to live because we have a power that comes from the Holy Spirit helping us and being a part of us. So we know that in times of testing, we got to pass the test because our lives are a better example of the message of Christ than our mouths are sometimes. And, and we need to do that. Um, a while back, <clears throat> I was driving and uh, there was a car in front of me and it just, like the person didn't know how to drive. Like that's at least what I thought. And I kept thinking, man, you're going so slow. Come on, get going, get out of the way. Come on, I want to get going. Anybody else get behind a slow driver and have a hard time? Am I the only one? Come on, in the chat, let me know. In the chat, let me know. Let, let me know this. Are you like me that thinks everybody ought to drive the way I do, right? You know? <laughs> so anyway, this car's going in front of me and I, I'm, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And then finally they pull over so I can go by. And as they pull over, as I start to go by, they're waving and yelling, Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chuck. The reason they were going slow is they were looking at me. Could you imagine? What if I had honked at them? What if I screamed at them? What if I, and you know what? I'm so glad I didn't. Uh, you know why? Because even the way you drive reflects your love for Christ. Even the way you drive should reflect your love for Christ. And uh, we are so committed to pleasing him. We want to do that even in the tough times. So Paul says, everything we do, everything we do is about making sure we're living the message. We're living the message. And, and, and we do it in a way that matters. First Corinthians 10, 31 says this, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Uh, by the way, that was talking about don't ever have a racial issue with anybody. Make sure everybody matters. Everybody has value. He goes, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of the many so they may be saved. In other words, I, I'm controlled by my love for Christ, but I'm careful about the way I treat people because I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to keep people from God. And so we want to live this message in a way that, that it speaks out based on our lifestyle. So in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 4, it says this, in everything we do, 
Go back to that again. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, Paul says, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity in the midst of all those things. Our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. Now notice this again. In the midst of all the trials and pains, all the calamities he endured, all the things he had to do without, he said, and all the injustice that happened, he said, we prove ourselves by being pure in that moment, our under, showing good understanding and patience and kindness. But where does that come from? He said, it comes from the Holy Spirit within us. And it's motivated by our sincere love for God and for others, for Jesus and for others. Uh, By the way, I feel like Paul, if he were writing that today during this corona crisis time, would say this. He said, you know what? Uh, uh, I want to show myself pure. I want to show myself patient. I want to show myself kind. Even if I've suffered economic impact, even if I've been in isolation, even if I've been faced with having to be with my children all day long because they're kind of like angry mobs. (laughs) Even if I work from home, all day to the point of exhaustion because I just haven't been able to turn it off. Anybody else? Anybody else tired at the end of the day going, you know, I didn't turn it off. I didn't turn it off because somehow when you're home, most of us work more, longer to the point of exhaustion. He goes, even if I've endured anxious nights, um, I shared it already honestly that Pam and I have both had anxiety dreams and anybody else out there have some of those? Like all of a sudden you're having dreams you never had before. They're anxiety dreams and There's anxiousness. He goes, even if I've gone without food, but maybe most of us would say the opposite. Maybe if I've gone with too much food and and I gained the COVID-19, I'm 19 pounds heavier. (laughs) Yeah. But he said, in all these things, I want to be patient. In all these things, I want to be kind because I want to live the message. I want to live the message because the message is that important. And we prove ourselves by our purity in the midst of that kind of a moment. And God wants you and I to be that way. In 2 Corinthians 6, 7 to 10, look at what it says. It says, we faithfully preach the truth. And that, by the way, we preach the truth not only with words, but with how we live. He goes, God's power is working in us. So God, he goes, you're not alone and God will empower you. And then he says this, catch this. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. And he goes, we serve God, whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well-known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. He says, our hearts ache. But we always have joy. By the way, that's what I hope you can understand. There's a way that you can live your life, even at times your heart's aching, but you're filled with joy. And he goes, we're poor, but we give spiritual riches to others and we own nothing and yet we have everything. That's why it was so important for you to make that decision. You know, those of you did to give your life to Christ to recommit. Because right now you may feel like you have nothing, but it, just that prayer will place you in a place to have everything that matters. And Paul says, that's what happens. That's how I, I, I live my life. That's how I keep it real. And, 
And so we want to do that. So how do we keep it real? The number one thing we saw is let your life speak. You keep it real by letting your life speak. Uh, uh, And number two, you keep it real by letting your love speak. So we don't want to mess up the message. So we live a life that speaks volumes about our love for God. And then number two, we let our love speak. We let our love speak. And so in 2 Corinthians 6, 11, it says this, Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you and our hearts are open to you. There's no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. And what is he saying? He said, you guys, man, let your love speak. I could not love you more than I do, is what Paul said. He goes, come on, you guys got to, let's share this love back, is what he's saying, because the love should speak. People should see the way we love each other and love them. He said, I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. That's how Paul felt. You know, uh, uh, I love the, being the age I am, and here's why, because I feel more fatherly or grandfatherly to the Crossroads family. And I feel like your brothers and sisters, and you're like you're my children. And I love you. I love this church. So I love Jesus, but I love this church, and I love my church. And uh, you know what? I, I want us to be a church that genuinely loves each other. And so what we need to understand, my life needs to speak of a reality and a love for God. My love needs to speak of a reality and a love for God. So it's, it's what speaks out, what shouts out, what shines out, what promotes in a good way is the way we live and the way we love. And we want to be a people of love. That we show love to others, no matter, by the way, uh, the color of their skin, uh, their political party. Uh, In our church, we have all kinds, different points of view. But hopefully one thing we share in common is our love for Jesus and our love for each other. And a willingness to dialogue and a willingness to discuss and grow. And Jesus said, you know what? You need to do that. That's what I want you to do. And, and we become family together. In John 13, verse 34, it says this. It says, a new commandment, Jesus said, I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then listen to what it says. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. What is the proof of discipleship? Uh, the proof of discipleship is not knowledge. Uh, knowledge is good, but that's not the proof of discipleship. The proof of discipleship is if you have love for one another. In other words, I know how real I am in my walk with God. If I'm living my life in a way that, that people can see, it's different because it's controlled by my love for him and how I love other believers, how I care about other believers and so that we could be a part of that together. And, and God wants you to be. So you know what? The whole Christian life is about loving God, loving others, especially loving people in the church. And, and when you do that, you're going to find a joy that's there even in your heart aches. You can find a strength that's there even when sometimes you think I could be weak. Something holds you up. Something carries you through. And, and it's meant to be done with God and with others in the church family. So that, that's why no matter where you are, where you are in all the world, we want to be a church family with you. 
Uh, I've, I've said it before, and it's true. Geography does not determine family. Uh, my grandkids are now visiting with us, but they're from Denver, Colorado. They're family. They're family. And, and matter of fact, it's so cool. Uh, Pam said she opened the door, and our two dogs, who can be a little vicious, ran outside. And the minute they saw them, they welcomed them because they're family. You know what? They're family. And wherever you are, we want to be family together. And it can be real. It can be meaningful. It can be true. It can be real meaningful and true because we want to keep it real. And that's what 2 Corinthians is about, is really keeping it real by having a love for God and a love for the church family. So right now, wherever you are, we want you to actually get involved with us. Uh, And so that's why when I ask you to text in, yes, I prayed that prayer to commit or recommit my life, we want to connect with you. But I also want to say this, we want you to get into a group. We want you to have a group of people that become family and friends, friends and family. And so we have a way to make that happen wherever you are in the world. We need you to text GROUP to 69922. If you text GROUP to 69922, we're going to get back to you and we will help you be in a a group of people who can share life together in a meaningful way. And you can do that virtually. You could do it using our online platform. And, and by the way, those relationships are real. Uh, and you may get in a, a, a friendship with somebody in Washington or Oregon or, or Louisiana or Arizona or California. Uh, uh, it may be Northern, Southern. Uh, it may be in Austria. It may be in Ecuador. It may be in Puerto Rico. But you know what? It can be real. And you can have family that you're connected to. And I know right now it's tempting just to kind of go on with your life, but let me just say as clearly as I can, your love for Jesus needs to be real. Your love for other Christians needs to be true. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is don't let go of either of those things. Those two things will become so important to you in different seasons of your life. And you may be needed to be important to others. And so we want it for you. Oh, we want it for you. So you know what? Choose now to get involved involved, involved. That means living it out in a very real way. Your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with others. I want it for you. God wants it for you. And we want it to be amazing. So what do we do? Ready? Let your love speak and let your life speak. And actually I did it in the opposite order as I taught it right through that second Corinthians passage. Let your life speak out by the way you live, that you love Jesus with all you have and let your love speak. So right now, right now, if you have not texted in either group or amen, meaning I've made a decision for Christ, do that so we can connect with you because we love you and we care about you. And and right now, I want to pray for you. Father, I want to pray right now for everybody who's watching that they would know you love them, they would know you care about them, and they would know, Lord, that you have their best in mind. You have a purpose and a plan for their life. And I pray they're gonna live that and they're gonna experience you and they're gonna know power that comes from you that's beyond themselves. May the filling of the Spirit be upon them. May the, the encouragement of the Word of God resonate within them. And may the fellowship of the church, the family of the church be real for them. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So don't forget, Wednesday night, we start 100 seconds to midnight. And I cannot wait to share that with you. Invite people to be a part. I think it's going to be mind-boggling what we're going to look at, what I'm going to show you, and meaningful. And so don't miss that. And then next week, we're going to dive right back into 2 Corinthians. And so super excited for that. But I want to tell you this. God could not love you more than he does. And as we end our time together, may you go 
in the love of God. May you be in the power of the Holy Spirit. May you find God sustaining you and may your heart be filled with joy. May it be filled with joy because God loves you so much. We're going to throw it back now to Casey, but God bless you and have a great, great rest of your week. Well, congratulations to all of you who just made a decision to follow Jesus or be baptized today. And if you did text us to make that decision, make sure to reply with your name so that we can send you a special gift. I also want to invite you to gather your family and friends to be a part of our family by joining us right here online again next week. We are live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11. So if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our messages. That's right. And if you found yourself, like I do a lot of times, wishing that someone else was watching this right now, then hit that share button and send it to them so they can be encouraged. And finally, if your life is being impacted by Crossroads and if you want to be part of making an impact all over the world with us, you can text GIVING to 69922 to make Make a financial gift today. Thanks again for watching and we will see you right here next week.